This is Vixen John, creator of Minute Made New York, and you're listening to Minutes Heard. On today's episode of Minutes Heard, we're talking food. It always brings people together. I love food, and these fantastic people that I've had the pleasure of meeting and capturing make food a part of who they are, whether they use it to grow their business or just have the opportunity to feed others. So open up your ears and stomachs and enjoy these stories. What in your life motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it? Well, first and foremost, my daughter. She's definitely a motivating factor of why I get up in the morning and pursue my business as hard as I do and hustle when I don't want to. Some days I don't feel like getting up, but I look at my daughter, I look at my situation, and I have no choice. And then I have wonderful supporters and customers that are wishing and hoping for the best for me, so that's definitely a reason why. What are you passionate about in your life? I'm passionate about my new business venture. It came out of me um, losing everything in Hurricane Sandy and having to create an income when it was hard to find a new job. Everybody came to me and said, well, you know, you bake good. You're always baking for us. Why don't you turn it into a business? And it was like a, what do call it, an aha moment. I was like, that's absolutely right. And I just became even more passionate about it when I decided to, um, you know, I lost my car and everything. So it was like, how am I going to get these desserts to where they need to be? I went to Michael's one day and I saw the jars. And it was like, why didn't I think about this sooner? And once I started doing it, I get creative. Like, every day I'm making something different. I'm getting more creative, and that just drives my passion for it. So what is your current occupation? Do you like a job? What job do you like? If not, what would be your dream job? Well, you ain't got into all the rest of the <laughs> Come on. Obviously. Obviously. I'm a uh, baker. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a home baker. I'm not, you know, I'm not professionally trained. This is just years of baking in the kitchen with my aunts, my mother, my grandmother. I do work in my family's restaurant, but um, recently I decided that wasn't the best thing for me because it was, you know, it made me sidetracked from my main focus, which is my business. Oh, I didn't answer. I finished answering that. No, no, continue. My goal in my dream business or my dream job is to eventually have these on a food truck. Be parked in Soho, downtown Brooklyn. Astoria, Queens, South Jamaica, like I want to go everywhere and give soul food, soul desserts, you know. I'm not the first to do this, I won't be the last, but what makes me different, I feel, is that this is real, like banana pudding, peach cobbler, sweet potato pie. I do all of that in that soul, and I want to put that on the truck and make it affordable for everybody, the commuters and students and everything in the five boroughs. That's my dream. What is your current occupation? And uh, talk about your business. Talk about how it got started, and you know how's how it is doing now. Well, my color. Sorry. That's okay. My current occupation is I'm a caterer, and my business started four years ago. My son encouraged me. His name's Levar, to do better. Because he seen that I wasn't happy and I could be happier in my job. So I decided to take samples door to door. And it did great, actually. More great than I thought of it can be. 
um, I decided to make alcohol because as much as I love kids, I only love my own kids. So I decided to deal with adults and make all types of liquor desserts. So I make cupcakes with Oreos and Baileys. I make strawberries with cheesecake. I make Oreo cheesecake alcohol. And now I'm just trying to make it. I'm trying to do right by my kids. I'm trying to make them see that wherever you at, you could be better at. And you could be anything that you want to be. Just, just stop where you at at that moment. So that's it. One of the happiest moments of my life is nine years ago. One of the another happiest moments in my life was two years ago. And I'm having the greatest kids in the world. And I haven't had a sad moment yet. Because why talk about it? It's past and just move on from it. I'm just trying to make it. Like everybody else, all the Instagram people, all the Facebook people that does what I do. Guess I'm just trying to be on that level. So I haven't had any bad experience. Since I opened this business, um, my husband decided to tag along. Thank God. Because I couldn't do without him. And everybody's just been saying it's time for you to open a mom and pop shop. Which is cool. And that's like my biggest dream. For people to come and enjoy my desserts. And not only to enjoy it. To take it home and be romantic with your husband or your boyfriend or whoever you're with. And relax. And just, that's my goal for them to be, ah, that noise when you take your shoes off and your feet hurt. And just, you don't have any stress. You have my drunken shot stuff and a bottle of wine or liquor. And you're okay. So that's my dream. And to put my kids in school. That's the number one thing. For my kids to go to college because I never went and it would make me the happiest woman in the world to see my son. Don't be a statistic. That's what I'm doing it for. For my kids, for my boys, for my black boys, my black sons. The question I usually like to start off with is, what motivates you to, to like get up and like get the day started and be inspired and kind of just get through the day? Like what motivates you to get up every day and just make the best of it? Our main motivation is to, is basically to make great food, to share with our customers. Uh, we love uh, the input, we love the feedback, we love to see the smiles on people uh, once they eat. Uh, I love to see how we have groups, offices that come back and come back, and basically we are, uh, we're feeding uh, but we're feeding with love. Uh, uh, Clarissa, basically, uh, she fed me. She's a great chef, but she before opening the business, I ate from her for for years, and and I, I feel that she's giving out that love to the people who buy from the sandwich shop. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally passionate about cooking. I've been cooking since I was small. I learned from my grandmother. Um, I, she was just into the kitchen, like, a hundred percent. It was, and she was cooking with so much love, and I learned that from her. And so it's, I try to communicate at the same level with my food. It's just giving love. I just love giving. I love my customers. Love to see my young crowd, my young people coming in, enjoying the food, and giving, like um, 
little from my culture, from Venezuela, uh, from my Latin world, and you know, being able to fit this melting pot that New York is, and especially Brooklyn. I love my neighborhood. I love it here. So, yeah, I think yes, it's yeah, we love. love we love to give back. Uh, I came to Williamsburg 20 years ago. I'm one of the first or the second uh, wave of uh, artists that established uh, here and I've seen this neighborhood grow and I am giving back to this neighborhood uh, uh, through food through this establishment that has uh, uh, an ethic of of, of passion uh, uh, the sandwich shop really was uh, conceived uh, as for the food and about the food uh, prior to uh, I guess the, the, the fact that we could or couldn't make money with the business it was it's, it was always about the right reason which is making uh, uh, ethical food uh, with love and and basically being creative okay, good. so um so talk to me more about like um, your inspiration behind the sandwiches like how do you get the inspiration how do you like feel the ingredients coming together like uh, I think you guys mentioned before that it was kind of inspired by your travels. So if you want to like we can talk about like traveling, how that was for you, and how that kind of inspires the things that you make here. Mm-hmm. Now behind our concept and behind our concept and our menu, uh, there's a lot of inspiration from Caracas, from the city that we grew up in. Uh, this is we had like a lot of European influence in the way we eat special sandwiches uh, which are pressed because all the bakeries are from Italian people or Portuguese people there so we grew up on these kind of sandwiches which I find amazing with like the melted cheese all the ingredients like binding together on the press um, and hot sandwiches and that's like half of the inspiration like the way we, we grew up and then the other half it's traveling our travels like uh, around the world like a lot of like from Asia comes um, from Ricardo from Ricardo's experience I, I've been going to Japan for the last 15 years uh, on and off and I find Japanese food fascinating I find uh, the way they treat every ingredient like if it was a precious jewel and basically, uh, less is more. Uh, I learned from them, uh, and that's that's basically my uh, my chair to the sandwich shop. And the flavors, ingredients, the flavors. like uh, the Korean sandwich. It's uh, Ricardo's recipe. <laughs> yeah, I love Korean and Japanese food, Asian food in general. But uh, I learned also how to how 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 kimchi is a very interesting ingredient, and now I wanted to have a kimchi-based sandwich. Uh, for people who love pickles, uh, uh, you know, pickles are a serious thing. So basically, we pickle, we make our own uh, pickle radishes, our own pickle onions. Uh, we love the whole pickle culture, and that's how the kimchi, we don't make the kimchi, but because I respect uh, uh, that, in that sense, I respect how they make it so traditional. The craft. And the craft. And uh, for instance, the lady who makes it for us, uh, she originally is from Brooklyn based, it's called Mrs. Kim's Kimchi. And, uh, and it's an artisanal uh, uh, mom and daughter business. So I, I, I love to also support that kind of businesses within the sandwich shop. Like small producers, like small batches, like more artisanal things. Um, the other sandwich that uh, it's like an Asian inspiration, it's the Tokyo Breakfast. Um, the, 
the egg custard. It's an egg custard, and it's inspired in tamago. Oh, yes, it's a, it's a little take on tamago egg uh, as a fluffy egg cake. And uh, one thing is, like, we kind of on purpose limited our kitchen uh, to make everything slow-cooked and oven-roasted. Uh, we find it more flavorful, we find it uh, healthier, and uh, we find that not too many people, I mean, you know, now it's like there's a whole crock pot uh, uh, thing, but uh, we, that's how we make, that's how we cook in Venezuela. And basically, Venezuelan food has got this very uh, tasty and healthy side to Latin food because we don't fry uh, as much as any other, you know, Caribbean or Latin culture. So everything's slow cooked. Everything is oven roasted, and uh, and I mean something that's really important. That Clarissa uh, basically did a whole research of uh, for the whole year before prior to opening the shop was the bread. Uh, for us, bread is extremely important since we grew up with uh, artisanal bakeries in every corner in Caracas. It's almost like Paris, like uh, it's like a, like any European city, but in South America, and uh, uh, all our breads are uh, handmade. And uh, they are they, they, they are uh, made with a natural uh, yeast. Uh, they are not chemically induced, and uh, it's the kind of bread that you can work with presses. Because once you press a, a, a when you press a bad bread, it doesn't hold together. So there, the, everything starts from the most basic, which is the bread. Yeah, that's the most important part of a sandwich, of course. And a good bread needs like a, a good crust, and it needs to hold. The, like the whole combination of ingredients that you're like putting into that press and the press it's like heavy it's like super heavy stuff so you know you need like a good ex a structure to build up your sandwiches um, and I would say my cooking education it's very classical and it's very French so like the other half of the menu it's like very French or European inspired I would say um, but definitely behind the menu it's like a lot of traveling and like every, every and all, all, yeah, the tra traveling is always very inspirational because you, you disconnect with your everyday uh, bills to pay uh, insurance uh, uh, TV commercials and all these things that basically uh, cut off inspiration disconnection uh, is Jet, uh, it definitely brings a new air to your head. Uh, we just went back to Venezuela and we brought back something that probably a lot of people oversee, which is street food. Uh, street, uh, you know, I love the the Latin street food culture, especially in Venezuela. That's that's what I know most. And we brought us a new sandwich called choripan. That's how they call it there. It's a it's a it's a sausage-based sandwich, and it's it's a lot of it's crazy. It's like a. a it's Russian dressing, it's tartar sauce, it's a coleslaw, it's, uh, potato, it's chips. potato chips. It's actually uh, like cheese. mini french fries, potato sticks they call it here, uh, avocado. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like five inches thick of all these layers of different things. But it, they, but all, this is not like random ingredients. They've been, they've been basically street curated for the last 30 years. It's basically, this is the, the response of, of popular culture and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's working class food that uh, I, I, you know, it's like what like uh, uh, workers enjoy on the street in Venezuela. It's what people that cannot afford to eat in a restaurant eat. And, and, and this food has been shaped 
for them to feel happy, to feel fulfilled. And, I, and, I, and the way people get together around the street cars and, you know, yes. they have their lunch just standing there and just mingling and sharing like their lunch time, like on a daily basis. It's lovely. I mean, the way you see that in Caracas. And you see tons of scooters because we, we have a strong uh, a carrier, like a, a, a scooter carrier culture. So you see all these Vespas and all these uh, scooters like like surrounding these this food trucks. And you see all these guys with helmets eating there. And, and that's, I grew up with that. I, and, and, and I find it very interesting. And, you know, and, and then uh, people really enjoy it here. And I, and I love to see that when I bring something like that. Uh, uh, in, in the sandwich shop and then people are like wow I want a shorty pan and that's that's a nice uh, thing to see awesome that's <laughs> all the questions that's amazing no thank you so much um, I have a lot to work with but you know but the amazing only being technical but having soul and because food is extremely sensitive and you'll be amazed we've had people here who are technically okay but their vibe doesn't go through the food and people start complaining. It's like if they had like a secret camera and they saw what's going on in the kitchen. But it's incredible how like when you switch a person and that person doesn't have the vibe for the food, people feel it and people call and people complain and it's like, what? It's like incredible like to like how sensitive food is to somebody's hands. Yeah, the recipes start there, they're making things like same way so there because, is you know they have like their manual they know what to do <laughs> like the combinations are there but when somebody doesn't get in the kitchen and it's not because possible. it's halloween but there is a metaphysical aspect <laughs> to it <laughs> what motivates you to wake up every day and get going what's your motivation um what motivates me i think what motivates me is... Um, Don't be afraid to speak up. What motivates me is change. Um, I do a lot of things because I want to give back to people. Um, and, you know, I go out and I work really hard. I may not be making a lot of money yet, but I'm of the mindset where, you know, you get a project, um, you work hard at it, uh, finances come in and then you can use those finances to do the things that you really want to do in the world and, and impact and make impact in a big way so um, I have a goal to make impact in a big way and that is the key thing that motivates me to get up and do the things that I do Alright, well, thank you so much. That oh, great! <laughs> it's over, you can because, head out. You want your hot dog. Because it's already that easy, right? <laughs> it's just that simple. One question, bye. Um, no, um, okay, so with all that being said, mm -hmm. so talk about your journey into getting this space, this restaurant of yours, on and popping. Like, just a brief, a brief history. Uh, okay, um, a brief history. I have worked in, before this, I worked in corporate America for over eight years. Um, I did management consulting, and through that, I did a lot of things, and I liked my job, but there was always a feeling of, um, I never quite fit in those spaces. Um, and it's just, it's like, you know, when I first started a, a job, I'll be like super passionate, just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm starting this new career, I'm doing this, I'm going to like do it to the fullest and then I did 
and then I'm still a rock star performer, but then it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm not feeling this anymore. Um, and that happened a couple of times. Um, the way this came about is, uh, like, my last employer I was working with, like, that just didn't work out. Um, and this space that, that the restaurant has become Reservoir Dogs was like four or five different things. I remember when me and my husband first moved into the neighborhood and it was a salad bar and then it stopped being a salad bar. We reached out to the guy who um, owned the salad bar and said, hey, are you interested in opening another food place? And he was like, I can't do another restaurant. That's just too much work. Um, so it just wasn't the right time. The right things didn't line up for that to happen. Uh, but, you know, eventually, the years had gone by, I worked this job, that job, it just never quite clicked. Um, and then, last year, the opportunity came up where the space was open, um, the investment numbers made sense, and so me and my husband was like, let's do it, let's get into it, let's, let's partner up with these people and, and, and do this thing and make what is now Reservoir Dogs. But we really wanted to do it in a specific way because hot dogs are everywhere. Um, if you're going to come to the market with hot dogs, you got to step up your game. And um, we certainly came with a mindset of we got to do something different and something new and, and something, get fast food uh, a, a step up. Uh, and that's really how Reservoir Dogs was born. born. Okay. I, I... It was a while back where I never liked hot dogs too much. I don't know, it was just something about them. I guess the way I made them back in the day was just kind of like, just pop a couple of, you know, um, Oscar Myers in, in a freaking pot and boil the water and then it's and, all like... yeah, dirty water hot dogs. Right. It, yeah. uh, it kind of turned me off. And then, you know, eventually I kind of like built up my interest in life for them, so... Yeah. Um, I would say the same thing happened to me, like when I first... You know, um, I'm originally from West Africa, and, you know, I came here. It was difficult to eat any food. It was like pizza, I wasn't feeling it. Hot dogs, I wasn't feeling it. Chinese food was a little bit closer to home. I was like, okay, I can rock with this. Um, but it wasn't until I met my husband, who's from Eastern Europe, um, where they love their sausages and, like, hot dogs. But it's not just, like, your standard hot dogs. It's at least... It's locally sourced, it's high quality meat, it tastes good, and it's ultimately um, lacking all of the chemicals that people put in a lot of meat. Uh, so once I started eating those, I was like, okay, I, I can, you know, mess with this, this is delicious. And when we decided to do Reservoir Dogs, we wanted to do it in the same vein. We wanted quality products, so we sourced vendors um, that are proud of their products, that are like sourcing their meats locally, um, that are avoiding the whole putting nitrates in it and, and, and GMO and things like that. That is why our hot dog, when you look at it, it looks like meat, it's not pink, it's like, you know, uh, anything from a cow or like our, our chicken dog. A lot of people come and think, you have a chicken dog, it's going to be pasty, but it's really like a chicken sausage, you bite into it, it tastes like roasted chicken and they love it. So we were really looking to kind of make a mark on this industry in a different way. Yes, I completely agree. Because um, I uh, was it Asian dog, or I'm pretty Is sure no, Asian dog in the competition, whatever. I mean, I'm no business major, <laughs> so disclaimer. But um, I know that um, I went to Smorgasburg one year and they had like the Asian dogs, uh, where they had like the people. I mean, they had a food truck and they had a whatever. So and those were. 
those are the first time I had like gourmet dogs. And yeah. Like not your hot dog, ketchup, mustard, yeah. sauerkraut, whatever. So I mean that was interesting, and now you know seeing this, it's just like it kind of you know builds upon I guess the hot dog market, so to speak. Yeah. Because it's clearly booming competitive. Right? It's booming. Like Burger King just added hot dogs to right. their menu. And that's that is yeah. interesting enough. You know? That a lot of people you know are talking about it, and you know I haven't tried Asia dog yet. But a lot of people who've had it, like, said good things about it, and it's delicious. I would love to, you know, go in and try it out myself. Right. Oh, well, I mean, people are saying good stuff about here, too, so. Yeah, which is so exciting, because this was, um... Because, you know, a lot of times you stir something, and people see the, the end result of it, but... What has been interesting with Reservoir Dogs is kind of the community has sort of been involved. They know what's going on. They've been asking questions throughout the build-out process until now. Um... But it's been a long journey. It was hard work. It was like trying to figure all of this out to, to, to make this thing work. And we, um, you know, did a lot of research about the community and what they wanted. We asked people um, what type of hot dogs they were looking for. Um, we looked at the demographics of who, you know, live here and where they're coming from. That is why we have, like, you know, our classic dogs. We have, like, a Seattle dog because we know people from Seattle live here. We know people from, like, the South live here. That's why we have the Southern Hospitality so that you have that little bit of home when you're far away that you can connect with it. And um, I think taking all of those feedback in and just kind of merging it together, um, it, it's a good marriage of what we wanted but also what the community was looking for. Cool. All right, one last question. Uh, <laughs> so, if you care to share, um, name like the memorable, like a memorable instance in the sense of this, I guess, the accumulation of this place. So, like a challenge or something that stands out that's like, oh my gosh, if they're writing a documentary about this thing or like my life story, <laughs> this story has to be included, you know? Um. I don't know if I would say this has to be included in my life story, um, but there was a memorable thing that happened where it, it was so funny. A girl came in here, she and her friends. Um, it was probably like that 2 a.m. crowd. Um, they've been taking some libations and, and having fun. And they came in and the first thing they were like, what? How much are these hot dogs? And I was like, let me explain to you what type of hot dogs these are explained it to her anyway she was like all right let's see let me try it let me try it she ordered a coney island cyclone and the next thing i heard from like the end of the room was can we curse on this she was like you goddamn motherfuckers what y'all put in these hot dogs these shits are so good and once i heard that it was funny it was hilarious but it was a turning point of you know, it's really important in the rest restaurant industry that, you know, when you have someone who comes in who's right away um, kind of confrontational about what it is you're serving them, when they leave here with a good experience, they're going to go and tell 20, 30 other people. Um, and that was just a great turning point because you can see that, you know, she ate that hot dog. She understood it was quality hot dog and she was willing um, to pay that price for a higher quality product. And for me, that was just like, okay, like I always knew we were doing something right, but that was a good connection to say there may be some people in the community who might be like, okay, this is blah, 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 but I think once they taste it, they're going to be in and, and, and 
love what we were giving them. And honestly, after that, she ordered three more. So it was obviously a good thing for her. But I don't think that's going to be my life story. There's other things no, that I can't. No, that's what popped up in my head. <laughs> no, I was just kind of gearing it towards just this place. But it's not going to be like, you know, your biopic. And you're going to choose someone like, I don't know. Yeah, there was it's, a lot, you know, crying, some crying, right. some really tired nights. Someone that's not you, <laughs> like <laughs> Jennifer, you know, I don't know, what's her face? Who's Jennifer? Who was her face? Um, Jennifer, not, uh, that, Je- the girl from, uh, <laughs> the Hudson? Girl, Je- not Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, Jennifer. Like oh, jeez. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be outlandish like that. But, um... <laughs> yeah, I want Jennifer Lawrence. You know, I more feel, um, you know, more comfortable with... What's her name from South Africa? Um, <laughs> oh, uh... Are you... Are you ah, I'm betraying the name. No, no, She was no. in Star Wars. The girl from Star Wars. No, not the girl from Star Wars. The one from that movie where everybody's running around on the planet. What's her name? Charlie Theron. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, she can play me. She can play me. Mad Max. Mad Max. She can play me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Minutes Heard. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow or subscribe to Minute Man New York on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. Do you have a minute?